This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Friday afternoon. I'm Ben Nully. President Donald Trump plans to sign the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement next Wednesday at the White House. The announcement was first reported by Reuters last night, but later confirmed by a senior White House official. The signing comes just two weeks after he signed a Phase 1 trade deal with China. The ceremony will likely take place at the same time his impeachment trial is taking place in the Senate. USMCA will offer Trump another victory lap to tout trade agreements as he heads to Iowa next Thursday. Democrats on Capitol Hill are arguing the new Navigable Waters Protection Rule does not prioritize clean water or public health. Top Democrat on the Environment and Public Works Committee Tom Carper of Delaware is blasting the Trump administration on the new rule. Quote, by removing federal clean water protection from millions of miles of streams and more than half of the nation's wetlands, this rule will result in more pollution, dirtier water, less certainty, and higher costs for everyone except the upstream polluters the Trump administration wants to protect, end quote. Republican Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa, who began her Senate career fighting to repeal WOTUS, tells AgriPulse she disagrees with Carper. We still have the Clean Water Act in place. It is really important to remember that. But what we are doing is going back and correcting the overburdensome regulation that has been placed on so many Americans. And for example, in Iowa, the rule from the Obama era covered 97% of the land across our great state of Iowa. Ernst argues the new rule has a much clearer definition. Something that is much more common sense and clearly defined. And I think that's what our farmers, our ranchers are looking for, is a, a clear definition of what is and what is not a water of the U.S. The Environmental Protection Agency's new rule would eliminate federal protection provided in the Obama administration's 2015 rule for ephemeral streams. These are streams that flow in response to rainfall or snowmelt. The rule restricts jurisdiction to four major categories of waters, territorial seas and traditional navigable waters, perennial and intermittent tributaries to those waters, certain lakes, ponds and impoundments, and wetlands adjacent to jurisdictional waters. The biodiesel industry is looking to home heating oil as another blending avenue to boost demand use. Oil heat leaders in the Northeast recently agreed in September to a resolution to get to net-zero greenhouse gas emissions. Paul Nazaro is supply chain advisor for the National Biodiesel Board. Nazaro says that gives the biodiesel industry the green light to accelerate market commercialization. What's unique about bioheating oil is our demand comes in November through March. That's when we basically warm our homes. So that actually helps the biodiesel system because producers now can send product that normally would go into a truck applications out to the East Coast for heating applications, so it balances production. But the industry already faces a threat from natural gas ban ordinances in certain New England cities. How do we ba battle that? We have to go in um, and basically share the bioheat story. It's basically guerrilla marketing is what it is. It's, you know, fancy ads and, you know, publications. No one has time to read. You have to face off with the people that put forward that type of uh, legislation and say, hey, listen, there is an option here. And we have to make those legislators feel kind of guilty that they're forcing a homeowner to go in a more expensive direction. Nazaro says between the mid-Atlantic and northeast, there is about 4 billion gallons of home heating oil the industry hopes to tap into. Republican Senator Jerry Moran of Kansas is vowing to keep rural veterans' issues at the forefront 
as he takes the chair of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee this year. I've been on the Committee of Veterans Affairs in the House my tenure there my entire time and now on the Senate my entire time. And one of the things I bring to that job is uh, a rural perspective. The congressional district he represented as a congressman is as large as the state of Illinois with no VA hospital. Much of my time in issues related to veterans, there's lots of things you could engage in, but one of the perspectives that I brought to issues about veterans is how do we care for veterans who live in the vast expanse of, of a rural area and how do they access health care? Moran served six terms in the House before being elected to the Senate in 2010. Listen to more of Moran on AgriPulse Open Mic this Sunday. Always stay up to date with the latest agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news at agripulse.com. In Washington, I'm Ben Nully.